This is an SM Media production. Hi folks and welcome to episode 3 of Chronicle the Rangers Journey. I'm Scott Pike. It's an absolute pleasure to be your host as always. We are now entering into the David Murray era of Rangers Football Club. We've done two prologues so far where we looked at the need for a figure like Graham Soonis and David Murray to enter the club. We are now at that stage in 1988 when David Murray takes over. Joining me on this part of the journey is Martin Ramsey, who is obviously the author of The 50 Greatest Rangers Games, and is sort of in the middle of his own project with us called Dominant, where he has done a podcast look at this period from 86 to 98, so everything we're going to talk about, Martin will know like the back of his hand. Martin, it is an absolute pleasure to welcome you on to Chronicle. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, my pleasure, Scott. Good to be here. and. Yeah, a lot of this is very much at my fingertips at the minute. I seem to be uh, loving the 80s and 90s, but that's that's no bad thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a period where obviously a lot of things change outside and inside football. But we'll start obviously with where what we know about David Murray's kind of, his ambitions to take over the club. Lawrence Marlborough, obviously the owner at the time, the kind of majority shareholder, he was looking to get out of... Rangers, he was looking to kind of move his projects to America where he was based. The he was always keen to kind of sell sell the club, wasn't he? It was it was never really a, a thing where he wanted to have the kind of family dynasty like it was in his family for years, is that fair to say? Yes and no. I, I don't you're right, I don't think he saw this as uh him grabbing control for the Lawrence family again and they'll still be in charge in, in, in 30 years in some some shape or form. And I don't think he he saw that as a grand plan because he was he was basically an, an absentee owner. Um he was happy to stay out the way. He was very happy, trusted David Holmes implicitly and there are very few examples of an owner chief exec as, as Holmes was initially before becoming chairman later on that first season uh, relationship like that where Holmes had control um, you know Holmes didn't have a, a shareholder in there so Holmes yeah. didn't own he wasn't the, the majority shareholder so that, that was actually quite rare in, in, in football and I think it worked quite well Holmes had that detachment he worked for Marlborough and mm-hmm. he was accountable to Marlborough and the board but all but one of whom were, were Marlborough's men. So um, that, I think there was a lot of focus about the Rangers board at that time. There's been a narrative since that, look, uh, the, the, the Lawrence group, Rangers were losing the money in terms of that, that original stake. How about you either get out or you get full control and make it something, tart it up and, and sell it on. I don't think I don't think that's that's necessarily true. I don't think there was a, a, a it wasn't a flip job. Um, a, the reason that Marlborough got out was because things started to go wrong in America, mm-hmm. and he needed to 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 get his focus um, on on Nevada and his, his investments there really. So it was a not a necessity. It wasn't you know a kind of a, a Abramovich style thing where he has yeah. to 
get into this thing but it was becoming i could i could do with getting out of, of this particular thing and, and and try to salvage the business which ultimately didn't really happen um so soon as at the start of of 80 89 gets the feeling that things aren't quite right uh, with, with Holmes. he wonders if he's just been uh, a bit beleaguered after that difficult 87 88 season where you know david holmes took a bit of buffeting as well as as, as soon as Smith yeah. did um and just but he his hunch was correct that actually no he, he wanted out murray had a very successful business obviously uh in in, in steel uh and had other media projects you know the, and, and sporting projects the kind of basketball thing and, yeah. and he, he went to tales one of who, one of which was where soon as um, stayed when he when he first arrived through in Edinburgh uh, in eighty six. That's kind of how they they, they met actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were pals. They were out for dinner at Raffaelli's in, in Edinburgh um, every Friday night. That was their their date night. Um, and Air Air United had not come off. Um, they they had blocked that move, and Sunis basically said, "You're wasting your time." at that, that kind of level. If you're going to get involved in football, get involved in the top. There's someone like you, uh, and, and, you know, this is what, 1988. David Murray, the David Murray story at that point typifies parts of Britain at that time, especially... Well, the there's a lot of success in there, but it's fair to say that wasn't the profile that he was aiming for, like that Rangers would give him, was that fair to say? And uh, in, in what sense? Like he's obviously made his money, and like he's not he's not buying Rangers to make money. He's no, buying Rangers for no. the profile. No, I think it's becoming a, a, a an ego thing for sure. Yes. He, he was a bit of fun, to yeah. be honest, and there's a bit of, of a drama. Um, he is from here. Um, he purports to be an Air United fan, but that that get blocked. As soon as he says, "Yeah, you're, you're wasting your time." Well, why would the man let you be involved at that, that kind of level uh, if you're going to do it? Do it right, and he suggested, "Look, I've got a feeling Lawrence Melbourne might might sell up. Actually, I've got a feeling not all as well." Yes, and Murray said, "Well, ask," uh, and he did, and it was right. Um, said, "Well, yeah, we we would." Um, the the Lawrence family is, is I think, is a book in itself. <coughs> they some division there. There was yep. some division there. Still is some division there, and part of the family in terms of brothers and cousins uh, felt this for six million quid this was undervalued spurs had floated recently um they they, they were uh, 83 i think they, they'd floated um and re- there's a few in the family felt like six million is a as a steal you know english clubs don't have access to europe that, that, that we do uh you've got this stadium which looks space age compared to anything else yeah. in, in, in in british football um what that didn't take into consideration was that the overdraft six million pounds at this point so really it's it's kind of 12 million uh, is, is the kind of sum um but part of the Lawrence family didn't think this was right wanted another bidder Asked Robert Maxwell, would, would yeah. he be interested? Um, he was, uh, and that got fed back to the uh, the kind of money camp, and the deal went into overdrive, and I think it was signed with three minutes to midnight one night in Ibrox. Um, and soon as being a part of that, soon as being a director, soon as putting 600, 600 grand. 600 grand and to buy a 10%, 10% stake in the club. 
Yeah. Which made the uh, manager, he was the second largest shareholder. Yeah. 10% stake, I think, of Murray's stake. Yeah. Um, so, and he, he get a guarantee price on the way out. Um, but that's unheard of. Mm-hmm. I don't think that really gets the traction that it probably deserves um, of, a, of a football man in 1988. I don't think it's something you see now. I don't think it's something no. you're going to see now. No. Um, well, it's probably probably impossible now yeah. to, to that, that, that kind of percentage. But for a football manager to um, put 600 grand into to, to a club uh, in 1988, that, 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 that 600 grand in that, that, that money um, and become technically player manager director. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but Sunas said he loved it. He, 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 he loved that thrill. And, and also at that point, wanted to, to absolutely quash any... Because from the 86, the narrative for the press is, is right, this, this, this won't last. These guys are mercenaries. First of all, they won't understand it. Uh, they won't really get it. And 87, 88 proved that. I told you this was a flash in the pan. You know, these guys are boxing. They're not here for, for the, the, the long term. Soonest won't be here for the long term. He's not, he's not got the patience for this. So I think that was, a, 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 again, another part of, of his thinking that, that, no, he is here for... At that point, he would have seen you for the absolute long haul uh, in some kind of capacity, uh, and even you know moving upstairs as it, as it were at, at some point. Um, if if the, the the manager's job just got too much, which eventually did, um, but a sensational actually a sensational kind of move. Uh, but soon as engineer that you know he, he obviously got Murray involved, and they went out for dinner as usual on the Friday night before the first. Game of the Murray era wasn't the chairman right enough. David Holmes remained as, as chairman until the end of the, that season. And Murray had said, oh, no, 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 I'm too busy. It's too many other projects, uh, too many other interests. I will put in a, a chief exec, effectively, mm-hmm. um, which is another story. Um, but he, he wanted David Holmes to, to remain there, which he did until the end of the season. So, But Murray, the first game of the Murray era was, it was a home game against Aberdeen. And soon as said the night before that, that, that Murray said, it'd be good if we won tomorrow. Um, and then he said, "No, um, I think we, we really need to win tomorrow." And and you could just, as soon as said, you can just see it already again and getting under his skin that, that, that he's going to he's going to get absolutely invested in this uh, emotionally. The, the big takeaway, Scott, which is part of the Murray mythology, um, is that not a penny went to Rangers. No. That's six million is to to, to Lonsman. No, it's brother. been different versions of it. It's been it's always been the kind of the narrative. The Murray narrative was always he paid the six million. Then it always then it became the bank gave him the six million, and then it, the narrative, as far as I was aware, was that he just took on the Lawrence overdraft. Like it was, mm-hmm. there's been so many different versions of it. You've never really been able to kind of point out what the actual story is. I mean, he, he did the deal, and yeah. he he oversaw investment. He oversaw investment in the stadium. He oversaw investment in the team. Um, but I guess well, that story maybe gets conflated with other football ownership stories in the late nineties, twenty first century. Is is of chairman or even your Jack Walker who. Mm-hmm who bought his club and put millions of his own money yes. into his club. That that was funded. That went straight. His his literal fortune went into buying mm-hmm. Alan Shearer, for example. Yes. Um, yes. And that never happened. But the, the the mythology just got weaved into so many of those owners. Then you get the 
the obviously the, the kind of giants that, 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 that come into English football in the in the 2000s. So that that's been something he's kind of spun. Even the, the club deck, which opened in in, in November '91 uh, or December '91, sorry. Um, the Murray, he made that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he profited from it. His, his steel business was, was was quite heavily involved. Um, but the fans paid up to eight million pounds, I think, in, in terms of the bond scheme. There was a two million pound grant. So he was very good at uh, spinning the tail that he he was a provider. When in fact he, you know, he asked fans to go to the well time and time again, but that that will that will come through the the, yeah. the various weeks of your show. I think. Yeah, we will touch on that quite a lot. But on the part, though, Rangers are coming off a bad season, as you say. Obviously, the double seat, the double, the Celtic winning the centenary double. But Rangers did strengthen again going into the English market. Gary Stevens, Kevin Drinkle. That 88-89 season is. A very unlucky season when you when you think of the fact that it nearly ends in a treble. We'll touch on the final in just a minute, but obviously the League Cup, the third League Cup in a row, crucial five one and four one wins against Celtic lead to a title win with six points. That first season of the, the first half season of the kind of Murray era, if you will, that that Sunis obviously t- that's the first of the nine. We'll touch on the nine obviously in the next couple of weeks, but that season was when he's at six points, but there's. Those big wins against Celtic that contribute to that league win. Yeah, I mean Murray comes in in the November of that year, um, that, that that season. By which point, you know, Rangers, Rangers have got a good command. This is an extremely, extremely underrated Rangers team. Yes, uh, I think this is probably Sunis's best team. Maybe, maybe the balance uh, of the season after eighty nine ninety. Um, it's a super team. Um, he has Richard Goff still earmarked for right back because, of course, Graham Roberts was the big departure mm-hmm. at the end of that troublesome season. Um, he wanted Mark Wright of then of Derby County, mm-hmm. uh, up and coming centre half. So he still wanted a centre half to play with, with Terry Butcher, who is fully fit now, mm-hmm. he, coming back. Um, and and Richard would go out to, to, to right back until he found out that the best right back in Britain wanted away, wanted a change from Everton and Gary Stevens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he 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 could do that deal and and that's really when when Goff and Butcher became became a thing. Um his target man obsession, uh you know, uh, Hately he wanted again and that that got pied. So he went for Kevin Drinkle who again was an, an up and coming player. Um Ferguson wanted him to, to come to Manchester United and that he couldn't make that happen. The Rangers could. Um, there's, there's a big thing here, Scott, which has kind of been overlooked. Um, Rangers did not start well in 86. They didn't start well in 87 in the league. Um, the pre-season of 87 is a shambles. It's an absolute mess. And he gets that right. For the first time, they go to Italy, uh, up in the Tuscan Hills at Il Choco, um, and it, the players rave about it. They they talk about just how difficult it was, uh, up in altitude and gasping for, for air, gasping for drink. Um, but they felt when they came home that their lungs were about three times the size. They felt so, so fit. And what you see, encapsulated perfectly with the 5-1, is a roaring start to the season. So that by the time October comes and Aberdeen beat us at Petodri in the Duran injury, which was a huge setback emotionally, as well as in the, you know, the playing staff. And Sunnis is now starting to become utterly paranoid about 
injuries with Goff, uh, with Colin West in his first season, Butcher in his second, and now Durant. Um, but Rangers kind of got into a place where they just held everyone at arm's length because of that incredible start to the season. Yeah. Uh, it was just turbo, turbo charged. Um, 5 1, 4 1. I mean, this is it's just the stuff of dreams. Um, the League Cup, we, we kind of begin to expect that now. Um, but the, the possibly for the future, the, the, the key game was was an April Fool's Day at, at Parkhead, winning there for the first time in yeah. um, oh, nine years. Yeah, an absolute torrid place to go. Um, and it could have, you know, they, they apparently we put eight minutes to go and didn't miss that, it could have been 2 2. Um, so it's a really good season. If if Aiken's not allowed to take that throw, and if Gary Stevens, who was immaculate for a season and that cup final, doesn't make that that poor pass back, if Butcher's goal isn't disallowed for very little, if Sunis doesn't put himself on the bench and and you know risks Derek Ferguson with a bit of a, a, a shoulder problem and he felt he was going to get preyed on. He had a bit of injuries going into that final. Wilkins was was out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they managed to do that trip, then that season would be lionised. Um, but Jeremy Nee had written and uh, must have been the Express in the couple of weeks before it. Um, it said it would be better for Celtic to lose this. See Rangers parade a treble and really for Celtic both to be under proper pressure to get their act together. This is papering over the cracks if they win this cup final. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it kind of did in a way, but yeah. um, it, was an, it was an exceptional, exceptional season, actually. Yeah. Now, obviously, the cup final, Joe Miller scores the, the goal for Celtic to deny the that team a treble. But the main, obvious, the main thing from that is... There's a whisper of a former Celtic player returning to Parkhead, and that is Morris Johnson. The the chat, the kind of the story of this goes up, kind of up and down, kind of every time you hear it from different people. At that final, Celtic thought that was done. Celtic thought they had Johnson. Uh, the fans did. Um, Celtic, everybody at Celtic thought they had it done the week before. Two weeks before, the, the, the middle of the, the final week of the season, so between the penultimate league game and the, the final league game of the season, Johnson's paraded. Johnson's paraded at Celtic Park and, and the, 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 the kit and um, it's the only team I wanted to play for and, and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, as everyone knows, Bill McMurdo's at Ibrox on, on the final league game of the season, Aberdeen batters, as it happens, but it's, you know, it's truth <laughs> there's a bit of a party. Um, as soon as bumps into him, oh, if only we'd known We'd have been in for him. Is he joking? No, absolutely not. I said, well, it's not done yet. And there, there was a, there was haggling over something, as there always was with that Celtic board. Yeah. Um, soon as speaks to Smith, um, has to pick him up off the floor, I think, and then they take it to Murray. And I think it's Murray that wanted a bit more time, but by the Sunday, I think he phoned Soonest and said, like, go, go for it. Soonest goes to France that week. Um with McMurdo and Johnson. Johnson, by the way, is on the Celtic bus. He's on he's yeah. in Love Street on that final league game of the season um, with the boys back in the fold. Prodigal son returns. Um, but it's still not done. They're still, still haggling over bits and pieces. Um, and within that week, um, it's 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 pretty much agreed. He's going to, personal terms, he's, he's, he's going to come here. Um, so people know it. Campbell Ogilvy knows it, Murray knows it, um, sitting up in Hampton that day when 
one side of Hamden is very much proclaiming um, their new son, and the other side of Hamden is, is are telling them very much what they think of them. Um, because this was this was a problem, Scott. I, I remember my dad getting me up for school, and as it would be the just the, the routine then, the, the, the radio alarm or whatever that they kind of got him up and Clyde one uh, would have the, the kind of sports desk in the morning. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, broken that he was going to Celtic. So bad news, Mo Johnson's going back to Celtic. So is that is that bad? You know, that, that is quite bad. He's a great player. Yes. Um, so it's starting to go and you, you see actually the, the, the reports after the cup final, it's starting to get, oh, this might not be done, you know. And then I think by the end of that week, Johnson's saying, look, Sorry, guys. I wish it could happen. We just couldn't get it over. I just want to, you know, go on with my career now. Celtic are holding firm. Billy McNeil says, "Do not let this go." Um, there's the FIFA Under 16 World Cup at, at, in Scotland, which yeah. was road away success. Scotland obviously lose from a two 0 winning position in the final and penalties. Of course, they do. Um, to a suspect Saudi Arabia team. A very suspect yeah. Saudi Arabia team. But, but it's but. Um, uh, set Blatter's there on this business, but he's also there to give basically a FIFA ruling. Mm-hmm. Celtic, have a, Celtic have a letter saying there's a, a kind of a statement of intent, yeah. really, that this, this should happen. And Blatter says, well, I think that's binding unless otherwise agreed. And that is a kind of crucial part. Um, and the, 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 the wider media pressure is on Celtic just get, tell us Niaf to, to to bolt, um, he shouldn't be messing you around. It's, it's it's turning into a bit of a circus. You'll find another club. You know you're you're better off without him. McNeil, post, absolutely going up ap- apoplectic. The Celtic board do not do. He thinks we hold these. Pay the rest. Pay the seven hundred grand that you still owe not, and we own the player. So whoever wants him has to come and, and, and bargain with us. But who's going to bargain with a player who doesn't want to be there? He may hold his registration, but it's a farce. Celtic had, they didn't have, a, have an option. Um, Scotland were due to play England at Hamden the week after that. Um, friendly, uh, England won 2-0. Steve Bull scored two. Um, and McNeil had bars his way in down, down at Largs, or down at Seamill, sorry, um, to speak to Johnson. and said, don't you fuck with me um, if, if you do this. I'll... I'll I'll, I'll make your life, I'll, your, your career's kind of over kind of thing. Um, and he'd just been on the phone as soon as by the time he, he, he got in to, to, to see McNeil. Um, and he's telling Butcher, I'm going to be playing with you next season. And Butcher said, what's, what's, I thought he was trying to get in his head and he said, yeah, I'm going to kick you up in the park. He said, no, 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 I'm going to be playing with you. And, and this is the, 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 the trip where, where Johnson had to tell McCoy. So McCoy just couldn't, he said he had to put his pillow over his head. To, he just couldn't cope with the, um, the, 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 what, what he just heard. Um, so, and obviously after the final, the, the, the cup final, as soon as he chucked his runners up medal in the, the bath and all that, and it said something, well, they, they might be celebrating now, but I've got something up this, must leave them that, that's going to knock them out, kind of thing. And the players tired, tired season, just like, yeah, sure, whatever. No one, no one, even when the pieces are all there for McCoy, who so had to be told, because I think John's saying, you know, David Murray sounds pretty nice, isn't it? And he's like, <laughs> hi, hi, I guess it, is. it was so remarkable. Yes. That that even when all the pieces are just laid out there, that the, the, the Rangers players involved. Even the Scotland England game and on hand in the following week can't put those those pieces together. It has to be absolutely spelled out to them. Yeah, even like when you think about it as well, the kind of the the media, the media think they're going to see well, those names been John Sheridan 
There's names all over the place, like Ray Houghton as well. He's been another name there. When you look at that press conference when they announced when they announced Johnson, Murray's face tells the story of what has happened. He knows what he's done. He knows he's done something historic for that club. That's the thing that gets me with that, and that's the thing I've kind of took away learning, uh, kind of researching this. Murray knows this is a big moment. He does, uh, and so the Sunnis. Yeah, and the Sunnis had vowed to do it. though. Sunnis had vowed it from the beginning. He had, and and to be fair, he did it three weeks. Oh, no, three weeks, it's three months after um, arriving, really, because John Spencer, who'd already yeah. been on S forms, um, was a Roman Catholic, and some of his family vowed never to speak to him again. In fact, that, that might still be in place, I don't know. Um, and he, be- he kind of became of, of age that summer where he, he could sign proper forms. So as soon as his first Roman Catholic was with John Spencer, that wasn't enough. It had to be had to be another one, had to be a kind of um, big one, and listen, there really was no bigger. He had tried, as you mentioned, Houghton was interesting from a football perspective, but didn't want anything to do with it, really. Um, And that that, that was kind of that. Um, And the fans kind of said, yeah, I mean, Jock Wall said the same. Jock Wall said he would would do it, Uh, not quite in his... his, um, affirmative tones of suicide but you know nothing came of that so you know it'll be it'll be all right from that press conference the the the, the picture of johnson so close to sunnis almost as if sunnis is kind of cuddling putting his arm over yeah. like, oh, i've got you we're going to be protected i mean what did this do to scottish society what did it what did it change i think people have kind of got the the wrong way around i don't think this signing change Scottish society. I think Scottish society had changed so that that signing could take place. I think it was an open door waiting to be kicked down. I think 20 years before, certainly 30 years ago, there would have been riots at Ibrox. There would have been a boycott. This would have been a player of that you know, kind of similar um, stuff. Because this isn't just a Roman Catholic, by the way. This is an ex-Celtic player who had you know, written in his, his book that he pretty much hates Rangers and mm-hmm. the support. Um and had enjoyed very much, you know, widening that that support up and offering it. So this is not, it's not Ray Houghton, it's not John Sheridan, someone that's got nothing to do with that 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 Glasgow um, that Glasgow thing. So it couldn't have been more explosive. But uh, in another generation or two previously, it would have been there would have been a boycott of sorts. There would, it would have been utter carnage. <laughs> yeah. But society changed by that point. You got a lot of secularization. Um, Religion just isn't. People they still talk that game, and the, mm-hmm. the songs are still sung. But it's all about cosplay. And it, it started kind of there, um, and that's why it was allowed to happen. I know there's there's a wreath sent, and there's tickets being burnt, and um, uh, strips being burnt. A lot of that was for sure. A lot of that was kind of hyped up with the the, the tabloids, um, and you know Johnson got a lot of hassle. From 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 both sides, from Celtic supporters probably more than anything else, and that makes sense. That's a football thing. Yeah. Wind it on a year to, to Florence, and Florence is burning because Roberto Baggio is going to to, to Juventus. Mm-hmm. There's no sectarian division there. It's just that people take football too seriously, and there was that's what we never really want to kind of to to, to grapple with. So. It happened and attendances boomed and people got on with it because 
it was a construct in the, head, the same way that generation before mixed marriage was a construct it was well that could never happen but, it, yeah. but and then it did it was all right um and yeah it it, it was it was a football thing and i think what it said more than anything else was about johnson's professional this was the the, the dawn i think of the true professional his easy move was to go to Celtic. absolutely he chose life with a minder for more money and more medals that's the professional. That's what this and the other myth, because right, the, the, the sign and policy, the sign and practice, it should really be called. The and it was it was immoral and it was technically illegal um, yeah. in terms of, of, of um, religious discrimination. Although I don't know the cues of Roman Catholic footballs that were queuing up to, to demand to play for Rangers, but the rational kind of pragmatic view. At, at the, the club for, for many years was right. You could sign a Roman Catholic and you could play him, but someone with from that community, someone that's grown up supporting Celtic, someone that's played for Celtic, they're really going to give you everything. They're really going to go to the wall when it when it, when it absolutely matters. Um, they're going to get, they're going to bleed blue, and that's the myth that Johnson shall because for those two full seasons, um, he he gave Rangers absolutely everything because. Yeah. As a professional and that's that was the dynamic the the old bygone traditions and 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 people waxing lyrical about a thing that doesn't actually mean anything to their, their, their daily lives anymore the way it once did in terms of the importance of the church and, and the chapel um that was kind of shattered rangers rangers fans won't win us they won't goal scores yeah and they won't goal scores against them and there's a bigger picture here as well like there's <laughs> The whole thing with as soon as like Johnson even says it in the press conference, he's coming to the biggest club, one of the biggest in Europe, to go all the way in Europe, and we'll touch in Europe in a minute, in a few minutes, because there's a lot, there's a, that's not a successful time for the club yeah. in Europe, and it's something we, I think, something we do need to talk about. But you mentioned there about a good start to the season before. This was not a good start in the league. <laughs> Two wins from eight games, but it changes with a, a Johnson winner against Celtic. And it's it's all up from there. It, it, it is. It was a disastrous start. Um, two defeats the first two games. And then we, we we went to Parkhead and and uh, got a got a point. Johnson misses us one set another good chance. Um, but he he scores against Aberdeen. He scores against Hearts. One 0 wins. <coughs> Huge games. And you mentioned there that dreadful start. What's important? Uh, Rangers. The, the, the one the Johnson's first goal against Aberdeen. We beat them one 0 and it raises Rangers off the bottom of the league. That's just mental. But we're still only three points behind the top. And what that told you was that there's a pack of teams who will cut each other down. Mm-hmm. No one's going to run away. No one's going to get out of, out of control. And that's kind of the story of that season. It's actually an interesting season for, for other reasons, nothing to do with religion or whatever else. As soon as we'll, we'll maybe touch on it when we talk about Europe in a minute. But I think he, he, he's experimenting. He doesn't have his, his target man. And Trevor Stephen, you know, David Cooper's gone. Um, and Trevor Stephen, he doesn't have a, a, a winger. This is a, a right midfielder that's a yeah. bit modern. Um, he's experimenting tactically. It's a very compact Rangers team. We don't lose many goals that score hundreds. Um, but I think, and I've, I've said this, I'm sure I've written it in the book that will be out in a few months, hopefully. Um, I think he kind of bottles it a wee bit in that. That, that tactical realization, um, but the the Celtic game at Ibrox when he he, he scores with what, five minutes to go, they they arrived at Ibrox that morning um, 
top of the league. Mm-hmm. Rangers would go top that night. Celtic would win out of the remaining 24 league games. They'd win five. They wouldn't win another trophy for six years. There are bigger things at play there. That isn't about Maurice Johnson, but do not underestimate the immediate gut punch because this is the thing they've been waiting for. It didn't happen at Parkhead. They mocked him when he missed a, a big chance to, to win the game. But at the back of their mind must always be uh, this is going to happen at some point. And when it happens, that's when they unravel, when that reality hits. He's not knocked in the third in a, a 3-1 win against them. He scored the only goal against them that's, that's knocked them from the top. And that psychological blow um, I cannot cannot be underestimated because they plummet after that absolute tailspin. Yeah. The League Cup d- dominant mm. run comes to an end with a 2-1 defeat against Aberdeen. Mason with the two goals. That was... There was, a, there was just this thing with Rangers in the League Cup, isn't there? Like, and that's the that's the one. And with Paul Mason, obviously, two goals. It's it's a weird one, isn't it? It's just a weird, weird game. It was a poor game. Uh, Aberdeen were well, well worthy of of the win. Um, I kind of grew up thinking that Skull part of the contract was that Rangers had to be in the final. That that seemed to be kind of um, how it, how it went. There had been three brilliant. League Cup finals before in different ways the, the one against Celtic and then the, the, the two against Aberdeen it couldn't continue mm-hmm. couldn't continue in the quality and the, the entertainment um, but it, it just couldn't just keep winning it's Cup finals Cup football it, um, anything can happen and as soon as Smith had let them they let them off the week before they'd kind of gone for the more relaxed approach and they'd given them a bit of time off instead of a real sharpness about it and I think that, that maybe came through in that performance um, it was it was a bit weird as a kid to have only ever you know seen three of these with one all three. Um, that, that's a bit uh, it's a bit odd that we haven't done it, but um, it, yeah, it, it has to happen sometime, I guess. Scottish Cup, Celtic win, Celtic yeah. not not Rangers out in the quarter final, so it's a league win by seven points. It's two in a row. The whole the whole thing getting into that summer was obviously the story with Terry Butcher leaving he joins Coventry City later on but there had been kind of problems brewing hadn't there there was between captain and manager there is was it case two big personalities clashing it always is as soon as it was with Roberts um, he avoided one with Goff in, in the season before where he, he effectively told him you're at it injury wise you're feigning uh and it's the only time that he's apologised. Not didn't name Goff, but he kind of apologised to the, the group. And Goff knew, obviously, what he was talking about, and that, that's kind of what saved that that relationship. The Butcher thing, I, I don't think Butcher was hanging on by his own admission at the top level. He was, he was, he was struggling, and the leg break. And in those days, leg breaks were, were still you know, tough to come back from. Mm-hmm. He came back enough, but he, he was kind of hanging on by this point. It's two years later. Soonest didn't want him to go to the World Cup, wanted him another kind of full summer off. There was no chance Terry Butcher was not going to Italian 90 um, last time. Last time he, he knew, but the last time he get, um, he had gone to a quarterfinal before, famously, of course, and felt cheated out of that quarterfinal, understandably. And there was just no way he was not going. And of course, I can get that semi final in the period. But he, Butcher 
that summer said, yeah, my, my, my time at that level is, is, is kind of done. Comes back struggling, if we're being honest. Um, uh, an own goal against Wraith, and then he in the, the cup, but he almost makes amends pretty immediately with an absolute rasper from 25, 30 yards in the top corner. But there's an own goal at Tanadice, a uh, bit of a shambles. Um, and also, as soon as his box his nets off, right? Because Netsov's coming in, but not until October mm-hmm. because of the, the USSR league. Um, and the only way you were going to play Kuznetsov was with three at the back, which after the World Cup in 1990 was Derek Gould, right? That, yeah, that, that's your thing. So he starts playing this three with players that have never played it. Like Gary Stevens is in the back three, it's absolutely insane. So there's a bit of confusion as well there. Um, and there's this calamity at Tanadice, and it, we, we lose the game through this headed on goal. Um, and the, the League Cup semi final against against Aberdeen was 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 coming kind of close. Um, and I think Butcher again was kind of saying he, he wouldn't play, or he soon as dropped him. Um, uh, uh, and dropping Teddy Butcher, I mean, he's, he's just that you can't. Um, and he was in tears, um, and he was trained on his own, and he continued away, but it's very difficult. Um, he, John Brown, was a doubt for the final, the, the, the League Cup final that season against Celtic, and he, you know, Teddy Butcher played a couple of reserve games. They, it was quite tense, and, and soon as said, "Look, I need you." And uh, he said, I can't, I'm not in the right frame of mind. So basically, as soon as I saw that, is his captain refusing to play a cup yeah. final. And that was pretty much that. Then you know, we've got an STV ban at this time because of uh, as soon as his touchline thing. Yeah. And as soon as sees Butcher talking to Jim Delahunt and cameras just outside in Emerson Drive and goes berserk. And that's that. Mm-hmm. And We'll touch on obviously who who comes in. He finally gets Mark Cately, who he chased for. Mm. for yeah, I think it was it was always a target man he wanted. Was that at the time? Was that like a was there a realization there that McCoy and Johnson, who had been a great partnership the season before, was there a realization that McCoy was probably going to be the one to be sacrificed there? There was a question. Uh, about how how this this because you works. don't sacrifice Johnson, do you? Like, that's uh, no, um, and you shouldn't. No, uh, McCoyson Johnson felt this was under threat, and when Hately arrived to El Choco uh, that, that summer of ninety, they, there's a fight. I mean, Johnson tries to batter him, and, and Hately sorts them out effectively. Yeah. They try to blame it on uh, you know Johnson drunkenly falling on Scott Nisbet's bed and they'd taken the mattress away and he, he, he cut his eye on a spring or some nonsense. Um, <laughs> so, so Johnson was angry at Sunnis for trying to split that up. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sunnis wanted his target man. Hitley wasn't fit the year before. Um, <coughs> and the fans didn't get it. The fans still thought Hitley was was the one keeping uh, McCoy out. Of course it wasn't. It was actually Johnston. Um, and this soap opera kind of starts the way he does it i mean he, as soon as starts this badly ali finds out from a friend a mutual friend in italy during the world cup um 
who'd met Souness and, you know, McCoy's had been left out uh, those opening two games and uh, said, oh, Ali's a bit down. He said, all right, well, he's going to be even worse when he finds out I've just signed Mark Cately. Mm-hmm. So Souness already kind of playing these games uh, and he doesn't handle the situation well. There's this thing about Souness not being able to cope with not being the, the ultimate god at the club and Ali is still more popular. Um, but the bottom line is, if he wants to play this way, Haley Johnson's your your combination at that point. Mo Johnson's a better player than Alan McCoyce at this moment in time. Yeah. He just was. Mm-hmm. And Souness also felt rightly that McCoyce wasn't at it. He wasn't sure. He wanted to light a fire a wee bit. There would have been other personal gripes as well. I don't... I don't I don't yeah. the Cheltenham thing later on probably adds fuel to that fire. That's a shambles. I mean, that, that yeah. is a, that's a deliberate, nasty piece of work by Souness. Um, McCoy said he was allowed to go. He had mm-hmm. permission to go. And Souness and him had joked about the fact that he, he had gone. And uh, it was a reaction to a, a dreadful old firm um, defeat in the cup at, at Parkhead. Um, and Souness used them, really. Um, and signs really that, that Tunis himself is, is yeah. under unimaginable stress at this yeah. moment in time. But we'll, we'll touch on that towards the end. I want to obviously t- touch on Europe, the, the kind of three seasons we're, we're touching on. The UEFA Cup in 89, obviously a 3 1 defeat to Cologne in the second round. When you look at that UEFA Cup, that's a huge opportunity missed. It was. Bigger opportunity was Tunis's first. Year 86 87, yeah. the Mitchin Gladbach one, and Absolutely. um, you're thinking, given the way that draw opens out, you know, Rangers could have been in that final, um, against Gothenburg rather than Dundee United, mm-hmm. but with that impact on, on winning the league, you know, who knows? Yeah, Cologne, and it, it's one of these same old stories Rangers were the first leg in Germany coming straight after the Sunday Skull Cup final, well, as soon as it doesn't make a sub. Um, you know, we talked so much about rotation and 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 you know, using a squad. There's energy sapping epic against Aberdeen. Um, it just you know doesn't happen. Um, and Rangers are, are good for seventy minutes in Cologne, and then just lose it, just lose the head. Um, two goals, um, sendings off. I think a couple of sendings off at the end as well. Um, certainly, Ali gets sent off. I think, and that's that's a thing that that just that lack of composure. And then, but I mean, the, the, the games, the games done. Yeah, Bayern the year after as well. Bayern, we think of Bayern Munich now, and we think this powerhouse. At the time, they're not that. They're not that, but they're still they're still a pretty big force. Obviously, Mac and Ali's leading the line. They've got some very good players in that team. But even that, you're looking at. A lot of these players that come in this time from England are obviously here because of the, the ban. This is a chance to get European football. These results are weird. Like Bayern Munich is a bit, Bayern Munich's obviously a, a big team compared to Rangers, but there's something about this. This team should have been doing better. Like Bayern Munich wiped the floor with them in that game. Uh, they do. Rangers are ahead. Yeah. Rangers should have been 2 0 up or could have been 2 0 up actually. Uh, and then, you know, Bayern show their class. In Souness's defence, and he would, he did say it, and he would say it, and a, a couple of things. The Rangers never get knocked out by a poor team. 
No. I don't, I don't buy that. You can, someone has to lose. And, you know, West German teams are good. Here's a newsflash. West Germany, better standard football than, than Scotland at that, that particular yes. time. As uh, soon as in 89-90 makes, uh, right after this Bayern game, this Bayern game is actually quite pivotal for the, the history of European football. Um, internally, as soon as makes the, the observation, a correct observation, that it's becoming too difficult to build a team that is physically capable of, of standing up to the fight domestically every week. And then on the odd Wednesday night, I have to give them different instructions about mm-hmm. all carrying and and, and, and and an approach and a more possession-based kind of game. You you want me to sign players for, for completely different things. Our, our structure here, our style of football, um, the, the amount of games we play is not conducive to just switching it on. Now, uh, critics have said, well, Dundee United managed to get to a, to, to a final, um, so that's garbage. The counter to that is Dundee United are not troubling trophy engravers at this time at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pressure for Rangers to win every week is not something that Dundee United have to worry about. They, they, they can be a wee bit more expansive and, and, and think, um, differently about how they, they approach uh, league football because no one expects them to win the league. So there's that. After Bayern, which is the first round of an open draw, and look at some of the, the ties, you get the champions of Malta playing the champions of Iceland, I think. Mm-hmm. There is a conversation in the, the, the Ibrox boardroom. What can we do about this? this yeah. you, you, you could draw AC Milan. Yeah. And you're, I think you're, you're Real, Real Madrid draw Napoli as well in that yes. year. Yes, yeah. uh, that was the, the the year before. Yeah, and that's where Berlusconi says like this is this yeah. is nuts. We, we mm-hmm. need the European Super League. This is you can't have these two giants um, together that that early. We need a system where you get guaranteed revenue, guaranteed games, and you can hopefully hold the big boys back to when it you know it, it really matters it's for the, the better tournament which was a stalking horse that European Super League was never going to happen mm-hmm. um, but it forced Rangers and Anderlecht were, were involved as well to and Campbell Ogilvy puts the proposal together so like have a, have a group stage mm-hmm. you're guaranteed um, three home games the, the revenue's there you're in Europe until the spring um, that, that was the solution <laughs> That, that that came out really of 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 that that Bayern that Bayern mm-hmm. defeat, um, and it, I had to go back and forward. I had to be amended a few times, and then you have to say, right, we'll test that out. Ninety one, ninety two, it works. It's going to be rebranded the next season as yeah. as the Champions League, something completely different. So that that was the response. Um, but nineteen ninety, and that that second round against Belgrade. That's the evisceration. That that's the biggest hiding. Yeah. I think I, I've seen it as soon as team really take, and I think it, it, he moans in the, the the airport to journalists. I mean, how am I supposed to do this with eleven Scots? There were six English players playing in that mm-hmm. that, that starting eleven, or six non-Scots. Sorry, I think who's played. And I think it's in an ideal world, Scott that's the end of that first Rangers revolution. Domestic success is pretty much um, in the bag. Uh, we need a new manager who's more 
tactically adept. We need more foreign players. The best of British has been great, and that's worked to a certain degree, but we need to look at these guys who can hold the ball and yeah. keep the ball. For like, we need players who, who can do that. And that ideally would have been the big jump that Rangers made onto a second revolution, which was um, using the, the, the commercial power and the, you know, the, 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 the the, the tendencies and the, the kind of exposure, um, not buying the best from Serie A because that we, we knew we couldn't cope there. But there are loads more, and we need more than three. Yeah, but we're hamstrung yes, because that's of, of, of the, the former rule. And this takes place actually. We we record this uh, the week before the the hundred fiftieth open at St Andrews. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's agreed at the old course um, in St Andrews. A UEFA meeting in in May. 88, um, that they're going to limit this. The original limit was for four. You can only play four foreigners, but they gave three years grace. So Terry Butcher would be Scottish, effectively, for, for three years, and, mm-hmm. and Diego Maradona would be Italian for three years, and, and, and Mark Haley would be French or whatever. Um, but any new signings would would count as a former, and then as of 91, 92, all bets are off. You can mm-hmm. only play four, 92, 93, that gets changed to, to, to three foreigners, two kind of naturalised players. So actually, for all the talk and all the ambition, and it was genuinely there, that ruling, I think, curtails that. There, there's, there, there I, is think no that's, way, I think that's absolutely fair. That and to be very soonest, he doesn't go out to... To any nonsense that would characterise the 1990s. Yeah. The one thing I want to kind of get your thoughts on before we talk about the kind of end of the, the soonest reign, the, the period of the time, the political period of the time is obviously Thatcherism. Graham Soonis is a, is a massive believer in those values. Is that fair to say? Very fair to say. There's no hidden, um, hidden analysis there. He, he was an avowed Thatcherite, uh, his little face in that picture when she she, she came to Ibrox to do a Scottish Cup drawing in, in March or February 1990. Um, him and Murray. Uh, yeah, he he's he's very much Thatcher's boy. That, that, that's that's correct. Yeah, and the beginning of these problems, the the STV thing you've touched on. There's the fallout with Alan Montgomery. The was he the treasurer or something? He was the CEO. He CEO. was he was Murray's. I need a I need a, a guy to run this the way yeah. I've got guys that run everything. Al Montgomery was a big personality. Mm-hmm. You cannot have Murray Soonis and Montgomery. And he he, he pissed Imagine Soonis that off. Been a weird board meeting, can you not? Well, board meetings became a, a kind of thing in the past, to be honest. They yeah. were kind of dying out, Murray. Murray just kind of ruled by decree or on phone calls to people that mattered for particular situations that 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 demanded it but yeah Montgomery never lasted long because Sunis hated them that mm. was that yeah the STV thing obviously the the touchline bans as well the SFA are giving them I think it was a two-year ban as well it's just there's there's so much to unpack but you do when you look at it you do feel sympathy for Sunis because you do think like there's all these things and you see it with even Gerard this recently it's hard to keep someone interested when they're they're getting the thoughts of going elsewhere. And it just all consuming. And he's too big. He's too big a personality. Um, his managerial career is a funny one because the kind of narrative is that he, he kind of disappointed, didn't he, really, other than, you know, that cup one with Galatasaray and um, a, a decent run with Blackburn and, 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 and things like that. 
Um, and then the FA Cup when we look with Liverpool, obviously. And therefore, he, he was just a bit of a flash in the pan. I don't think he was a flash in the pan here. He he, he made some good decisions as, as a manager, but football was going to change. It was going to change very quickly, and he couldn't he couldn't really adapt to that. But what he was was a force of nature. Mm-hmm. Smith was his coach. He did a lot of that stuff. But it was the soonest force of personality that was saying, we are not going to get kicked around anymore, and this is this is over. Um that can only last so long, Scott. He, 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 he was picking fights with everybody. He's picking fights with opponents, obviously. He's picking fights with um, the, the media, tea uh, ladies. He's picking fights with the the authorities, really. I mean, you know... And, and you don't... Even, it doesn't matter if you're Graham Soonis. You very rarely win those fights. Not over the long haul, no. no. I mean, you get to a stage where he could have been banned for 10 years. Yes, which is a draconian, a draconian nonsense. Um, so, and he was picking fights with the supporters. You know, mm-hmm. there was a an interview in Radio Clyde and um, at Ibrooks uh, early nineteen ninety one when the crowd really weren't happy with this striker situation, and he he basically called them out. So don't come here and sit in your hands and complain. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've seen that. So, you know, that's not. He's, he's fighting everybody. He needs out, and he, he gets a, he gets an opportunity to to, to do that. Yeah, the situ- the the situation comes about, and it's a funny one as well because it all kind of interlinks in a weird way. April nineteen ninety one, Kenny Dalglish chooses to leave Liverpool. Obviously, his his mental capacity had probably got to a certain point as well, and soonest seems to be the kind of the choice for Liverpool straight away, but. This is the first test. Would you say this is the first test of Murray's Murray's character as Rangers Rangers owner because he has to make that decision? Uh, yeah. I mean, Douglas goes what in the, the February, late February. Um, Liverpool come as soon as he says no, no, I can't, and they come again. Um, and that's where the St Johnston, the draw, uh, when you know Aggie and, and all that kind of nonsense with the, the smashed arms. Juice and um, he was driving home from that saying, I need to get out of here. I'm good. I need to take that job. This is why am I shouting? <coughs> you know, this is insane. Um, speaks to Smith, and, and well, this is this is the, the thing the, the, the account. As soon as, as soon as he's got about two or three books, and I'm sure he's got different yeah, accounts, different and, and, each book, and, yeah. and, and Walter's accounts a bit different. Um, but basically, he decided he was he was going, um, and again, Murray uh, and Sunnis are out at dinner. And this is this like a, a marriage coming at the end. And Murray's driving him home to his apartment, and he he says, "You're going to take that Liverpool job, aren't you?" And they they have a, a conversation outside on a wall outside Sunnis' apartment in a spring, early spring kind of night, talking about the the, the future. And what's going to happen? And um, you know, Sunis does. And Murray, Murray does. His initial reaction is like, "Hold on, take a year out. Be a director of football. Something go upstairs. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll cope. Let's let's not be hasty." And then there's a kind of resolve. Like, actually, no, nah, you, you you kind of need to go. Um, Murray wanted to to consider options, but um, you know, he. 
Smith, I think, played a clever game by saying, look, what's the score here? Because if, if Money said, no, I'm getting Beckenbauer in, then Smith probably does need to assess as soon as he's offered you know, to come down to Anfield and, and, yes. and be number two. Because he might not have a job here. Um, but, you know, Murray senses that, 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 that Smith is there. As soon as he's already said, look, I think you should... Yeah, we have no issues with Walter stepping up. Goff says the same thing. And on the Saturday, soon as still charged by this point, mm-hmm. by the Saturday at home, he has like the 0 no draw. Um, there's no, it's not um, um, Rangers win, Ian Durant scores, I think his first first goal back, maybe mm-hmm. um, after that, that injury. Um, and you know, Murray's, Murray's already told Smith that you're fine, you can, you can take it. Um, and the rest of the country's guessing for a week. Um, because I think it comes out on the Tuesday, doesn't it? And yeah. Um, yeah. on the Friday, um, Murray Murray announces that it's, it's war. Yeah. From Murray's perspective, we we look at Murray and obviously the way he deals with managers, and it's not it's not what you see here. That he gets that spot on. He, he's dynamic. He he does what he needs to do. He he steps his ground. He could have easily let Sooner stay to the end of the season if he really want if he thought that was best. But he does what he thinks best, and that's. That's the Murray that we don't really see from, from here on in. Well, early Murray's ruthless. Um, some would argue, and we, we did this debate on, on Dominant um, just this weekend, actually, that you know, David Edgar's view is that, that Murray couldn't sack managers because it would mean him and Mitt and publicly got something wrong. Yes, I think that's um, fair. Uh, yeah, but, you know, he, he sacked other people. I mean, Montgomery, uh, uh, an example of that early on, um, and yeah, the easy option would be to to, to keep Sunas because you know that league titles Rangers are favourites, but it's you know it's in the, it's precarious. Um, but the counter argument is that, that Sunas has hurt him, and he's he's been pretty decisive about it. And that we're talking about press conferences. I mean, that that's fascinating. Um, that that's couples counselling one on one right there. And then Sunas goes to try and but it's been painted as you know Sunas been the, the scalded schoolboy with the headmaster. That's just this, this nonsense. He that's a couple breaking up, mm-hmm. and Sunas you know goes to kind of put his arm and in, in the back of Murray's chair. He says, you know, I want to be, I want to stay. Can make that clear. Um, and they can't kind of look at each other. And Murray's quite. Even early doors, he's, he's quite good in front of the cameras. He's quite good in front of the media. He's quite yep. smooth. He's, he's not good that day. No. He is um, he, because it's a personal very, thing for him as well. It's a because of because the of the friendship. Yeah, yeah. it's the friendship. Yeah. Uh, which he would later foster with Walter, and I'm sure you got into that in other shows that, and I certainly will in on my show. Uh, but um, what what that kind of dynamic, the impact of that dynamic and, and decisions that, that could maybe have been made. Um, so it, it, it did come, but he at that point, I'd say Murray from, from 88 to uh 93, 94, probably he is he's, he's pretty ruthless, yeah, he's very, very dynamic. But as you say, if there's a league championship still to be won, it's there's speculation that it's Kenny Douglas, George Graham, Franz Beckenbauer, but. I think there's only one man that can take over and Walter Smith obviously takes over a, a press conference in a, a week's time, which is a totally different environment in the same area, that Walter Smith takes the job. And four games left, and it's between Rangers and Aberdeen, two tight 1-0 wins over St Mirren and the United and Rangers in the driving seat. But uh, an away defeat to Motherwell certainly puts it on a knife edge going into that last day. 
<laughs> That's just one way of putting it. Um, <laughs> I mean, for Park, we can't rewrite history. And it's, it's important to say, you said there that Walter Smith was the only option. He For the fans, he was not. No, he was the not. Now expecting big things. There's talk of Beckenbauer, there's talk of George Graham, who's about to win the title in, in England. Um, so, and Doug Leach is... You know, do, you think, do you think Doug Leach, do you think Doug Leach was ever realistic at that point? Nah, nah he, Doug Leach was fried. Yeah. Doug Leach, I, um, I, think Blackburn, later on, I think later on, yeah, there's merit to it, but at this point, no. Blackburn, when it when it came up um you know the next season, um, you know, not not long, but I don't think I think that's a perfect project for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but not not Ibrooks. He was he was emotionally drained. Um, but the fans were expecting a name, so there was a bit yeah. of all right, and even then, you know, the bookies didn't pay out, or some bookies didn't pay out on, on Smith for quite a wee while because, well, is he really the real Rangers manager? Is this maybe just a caretaker role yeah. um, to the end of the season? So there was that, the feel about that um, for Park. We were going for Park with the potential of winning the title because mm-hmm. if the result goes well, Aberdeen at home St. Johnson, if they drop points, we're champions. So there's that that feeling of, of possibility about it. Um, but probably what's going to happen is Aberdeen and Rangers will probably win quite narrow wins. And then that means Aberdeen need to come to Ibrox and win something like 5-0. Mm. And as well as they're playing at the moment, that, that that's not going to happen. So it makes that kind of defunct thing. And then, of course, we're one down. We miss a penalty. Mark Walls doesn't really miss penalties and nothing's going in. Ali Maxwell's having a great old time. Um, I wish he kept that up. Um, <laughs> and then Dougie Arnott scores this breakaway goal. Archie Knox is still, and Walter's still waving Rangers players on. Now, we're not going to get two goals, probably, to, to, to get that point. We're still top of the league at 2-0, so the smart money is just batting down, right? Take your, take your, your, your medicine, and, and move on. We we got Ibrox in the driving seat, you know, barely the barest of margins, but we're, we're we're still top, and we're still leaving all this space, and it's ridiculous um, space that we've left behind for the exact same goal. Aberdeen hear that in the dressing room, or they, when they get back, they beat St Johnson two one, and you know David Robertson talks about it, you know, wild cheering because they're now top of the league, mm-hmm. and that third will goal changes Rangers history because. If it is 2 0, and Rangers are crawling to this title, it is not good. Football's not good. That's Sandy Robertson going Smith's first game at Love Street. Yeah. Brilliant goals it was late on, scrappy stuff. Um, Aberdeen have taken 23 points out of 24, two points for a win in those days. They are scoring bags of goals. We are not. They're playing in this 4 3 3. It's very fluid <coughs> and very together. And if they came and needing to win, I think they would have won. Mm-hmm. But they don't. They go to a 4 4 2. They've got a big blow that still does us out. They've got to play Michael Watt. Now, again, let's not rewrite history. Michael Watt's played at Ibrox before and played very, very well before. He's been a standout. Um, Mark Cately doesn't know that. Mark Cately thinks he's he's a ball boy or something like that when he's warming up and thinks, is this, is this their goalie? I'm, I'm on that. Get it. Gary Stevens, get one up high. He's going to get caught in the wind. I'm going to level this boy. 
and I'll see what Aberdeen do. And he does. And McLeish, Brian Irvin don't want to know. Mm-hmm. And Haley says right then, we're not going to win. But the, the whole mood, Scott, within, and you get players broken. You get John Brown, who's told if you play today, your Achilles will start. And he plays. He's at Ibrox at 10 o'clock in the morning, battering his head off walls and getting you know, absolute cycle mode. You've got McCoy and Durant on the bench who are not fit, not anywhere remotely fit. You get Tam Cowan breaks his uh, Tom Cowan, sorry, breaks his leg, um, and you're shuttling players on the left back. They've never played there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ian Ferguson talks about it, McCoy talks about it, Mark Walters talks about it. They were like, We're gonna win. We're gonna win. And the pressure's off. The, the support turn up at Ibrooks, knowing we need to win and therefore everything's positive. If we were hanging on that day, that support would have been a nightmare. Um, and Aberdeen, they just get caught between two stools. They miss big chances. And they're talking, you know, McLeish is saying five minutes, but another five minutes, and they're getting towards half time. He says to Robertson, five more minutes. And then Walter swings in that cross and, and, and away we go. But that's, that's the sliding doors. <laughs> That, that whole nine row thing um, because as much as I love that Rangers team and as much as I love Rangers in general Aberdeen would have won the title if, if Motherwell had won 2-0 yeah it's a absolute, absolutely a sliding doors moment the the whole period that we, we touch on that we obviously lead on to Smith and the, later on in the next episode we'll touch on the, the 91 to 95 era but the whole soonest legacy What's your takeaway from the 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 Soonish Revolution as it's been known? The Soonish Revolution, um, which I would argue ends, and I've, I've I've said that on the show, and that, that that's where my next book kind of stops at nineteen ninety two. Ends in the summer of ninety two, mm-hmm. um, because of wider changes, and because I just think that the steam's kind of the Rangers Revolution mm-hmm. um, rather than just the Soonish thing. But his part on it. Um, from Easter Road onwards, Rangers are not going to get kicked about. As you, you mentioned Thatcher a while ago, that whole revolution is a Thatcherite revolution. Yeah, it's probably the biggest and best application of conservative policy than than, than Thatcher's government could ever dream of doing, <laughs> and, it, and it happens on on the banks of Clyde side. It's very ironic. Yes, um, it is dynamic. It's abrasive. It's ambitious. It's uh, wage caps, fuck your wage caps. I want the biggest here, I want the best here. They're coming here. Traditions don't care about your traditions, don't care how that affects communities. It's results. I'm only interested in results. Don't care how you feel. We're going to play this way. And that kind of um, swagger, that, that kind of force of personality excited and enthused the support. And my big takeaway, actually. For the Rangers Revolution and what it, what it led to is obviously nine their own, whatever. Is for all the, the, the modern, because it was modernization. That, mm-hmm. That's as soon as the whole thing was really becoming less Scottish. And that's why the revolution kind of dies in 92 because of various other things. But Rangers have to be more Scottish than ever before, really. Um, but for all the modernization and future looking and barrier breaking, probably the biggest impact of that, that time is with the past. And Rangers fans understanding the past, their past, and understanding of themselves. Because when Soonest arrives, we're only two league titles ahead of Celtic. And we owe that to a bygone 
era of the 20s and 30s and Struth and an era where there's no footage and there's no, it's not, it's, it's not live, you know, and you'd, you'd be 76. You'd probably be in your mid-70s when Sunnis arrives as a Rangers supporter to know what it's like to have utter repeated success. Yeah. Rangers only, they only regain a title or retain a title twice since the, the Second World War by mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. Celtic are the preeminent team in Scotland for, for, for two generations. Mm-hmm. And what that time did was give a sense of superiority and swagger and supremacy back. And this generation, my generation, were experiencing something that, that only people in their 70s and 80s experienced before. Yeah. And that's a big yeah. that's a big time. So what it did, it fueled an old story. It gave a lot of, of, of life back into this this belief, a truth kind of belief that you might have a bad season, you might you can't win everything, but when you don't win something, that's the exception to the rule. And the rule is that Rangers top is the natural order of things. That's what it gave back to the club. Mm-hmm. And obviously the the dynamism of Murray in this era for that that first three years, and we we go on we will go on to talk about Murray and his effective way of using the media and his overall drive to to go that extra extra yard in Europe. But Murray at this point, what's his what's his what's the feel of him in nineteen ninety one? If you were to say in nineteen ninety one, what's what's the opinion of David Murray? Is it just a an ambitious guy, something different to what the Rangers fans have ever seen before? Uh, is that what, well? What's what, what's the, the opinion of David Murray in nineteen eighty one? Well, we know because the fanzines are there and the, the the tabloid hotlines are there. We we know what the Rangers fans thought at the time, and he there are some concerns, but overall, especially the handling of the Sunnis affair, um, this guy this guy is good. Is he a world away from from David Holmes? I don't really think so. Um, they, they are they're different people in, in, in many respects, but again, that ambition and ruthlessness and um, uh, life, energy, dynamism, it's pretty much the same thing. And I think what you've got from, from 86 to 92 is probably the ideal form of leadership, chairmanship, stewardship, call it what you want, for the period. Mm-hmm. Before Holmes... You have a board meeting every Tuesday to talk about board meetings. Nothing happens. There's no overall majority shareholder. There's no movement. It's stagnant. People are on the board of Ibrox because they see it as a hobby. Um, there's no drive there, which is ironic given the amount of car dealers that are on the, the, the Rangers board. It is their stasis. Um, there's no bigger thinking. Marlborough's deal with Jack Gillespie, which is a huge, huge moment in history, um, breaks all that. So you you, you do then have, have, have someone in Holmes and then Early Murray um, who are the antithesis of all that. They, 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 they can move, they can shake things up, they, they, they can push forward. They see a bigger picture than anyone in Scotland seen. And they build it and we came. After, and, and Murray talks about this, I think November 94 maybe, where he says, no, we don't really have board meetings. I'll speak to someone if I need to speak to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that corporate governance decays in the case. Um, now, you know, people at Campbell for example, will say for 10 years, we, we didn't have a problem. He was making the right calls. And 
we were left to do, he was left to do his football admin thing. The finance guys were left to do their thing. And, and, and that, that, that was fine. So my takeaway would be in this, in sport and history, the circumstances change a hell of a lot quicker than people do. So Holmes and David Murray and that period and the circumstances and the window of opportunity that was there in 86 to 92 are ideal. Football changes in 1992 in a way that no other year can yes, provide, in my opinion. Yes. Yep. And macro things outside of, of David Murray's control, he can't do deals to stop the breakaway Premier League in England. Yeah. He, once we've created this Champions League, it, we've it created a monster that, 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 that goes and, and, and swallows us up. That's when you need corporate governance. That's yeah. when you need a proper board, a, a group think, um, more than one guy just kind of ruling by decree. But then you're asking for someone to be a completely different person than the person you were loading your five, five, ten years ago. I don't think it works like that. Um, so the whole story around your success right now, where, where you are in your, your chronicles, is the right choices being made in the right circumstances. Rangers were perfectly positioned for the opportunities that the world football gave them in 1986 and for those six years in ways that other clubs in Scotland weren't because of the stadium, because of the the, the ambition and the, the use of overdraft. They just, the, the right people in the right place, um, but they weren't the right people when, when that changed. And that, that's that's really the, the, the story, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And on next week's episode of Chronicle, we will look at what happens when Walter Smith takes over in 91 and builds his own team, has to has to enforce that Scottish element into the squad. 92-93, we look at an, an unforgettable season that almost ends in the ultimate glory and the establishment of dominance, as you say, I'm using a, a phrase of Martin's, and a, a dominant period in Scottish football. That was this week's episode of Chronicle. I want to thank Martin for helping me with this episode of The Journey. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much. Oh, pleasure to talk about this. It's a uh, uh... Good time, uh, interesting time. Maybe we, we don't understand it as, as, as maybe well as we should. So, uh, no, it's, it's, it's been a joy. It's a good idea for a show. It is an absolute pleasure, as always. And thank you to everyone, very much to everyone who's tuned in. And please join us on the rest of the Rangers journey.